Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hello, everyone. Hi, it's Dimple here. And today I'm so excited to be here with Virgilia Vergohe. Welcome, Virgilia. Thank you so much, Dimple. I'm just so delighted to see you as well, because usually I hear you on Clubhouse. I know, I know. Thank goodness for Clubhouse, because that's how we met. And I just think that it's just been a great platform to meet so many amazing people and talented people from all over the world. And I know that you are in New York City and I'm in Chicago, but we will meet in person one day. So I really am looking forward to that. But today I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about how to build a brand with that wow factor. And you, my dear, are the exact woman who does bring that wow factor in your brand and everyone's brand that you work on. So I'm so excited to have you here. Please go ahead and give an introduction for the audience. I call myself a brand architect because the way I look at branding, it's something you are consistently building and touching up and refining. So my background is actually in high-end fashion for over 10 years. I had the chance and the pleasure to work with Versace, with Dolce & Gabbana, also for about seven months with Damon John from Shark Tank. And for the past couple of years, I've been working independently as a consultant. And last year during pandemic, I started a brand new business, Vivi Global Partners, which actually capitalizes on creating a brand strategy integrated with strategic partnerships and personal branding, which is huge uh, these days. So that's in a nutshell who I am. I speak four languages. English is my fourth language, in case you wonder where my accent is coming from. And I am uh, very proud about a book I published a few years ago called The Quest to the American Dream, because as an immigrant and an American citizen, I'm so proud of living here in the United States, but I'm equally proud of moving here from Europe and my background and heritage truly define me, who I am, my creativity, and who I am personally and professionally. I love that. I love that. And so tell us a little bit more about your background, because I think it's always really cool to learn about different cultures and backgrounds. Tell us something that the audience may not know, like what is your culture known for? So I would say what's interesting, I, I look at the world of branding and the world in general through a different lens. Because I was born in an ex-communist, I mean, it's an ex-communist country now, but it was a communist country back then. And I believe it's hard for people to even imagine what it is to live in a country where there's no freedom of speech. You don't have anything on TV. You are not allowed to communicate with your peers the way you normally would. You you are not allowed to travel. The first time I traveled outside of the country was when I was 14 years old. So I would say... I am so proud that I was born under those circumstances because that perspective made me look at life, people differently and appreciate life tremendously. When I had the chance, I remember very precisely to uh, go overseas for the very first time. I was mesmerized to see how the world, how the free world feels like. It's a feeling, right? So that's my background. And then I ended up studying in Germany and in Romania both. I majored with a degree in German and French philology and I continued to to work in television I had my own TV show very early on in life before I moved to the uh, to the United States so that's in a nutshell how my my life shaped up 
on different in different countries, Romania, Germany, and obviously right now, United States. Wow. And five languages. My gosh, you are very well versed. So I love that. And what would you say is your favorite language out of the five? I would say the reason I love French is because it's just so seductive. But then again, German ties in very much with the idea of freedom. It was the very first country that I had the chance to interact with. So it would be hard for me to pick. I believe every language, French is just very seductive. German is very well structured and very powerful. When I speak German, I feel powerful. Romanian is an, a romance language. It's beautiful as well. English, however, because I do write, I dream in English. I communicate 90% of the times with people in English. I adore English language, its ability and versatility, and also how easy it is to translate different emotions without complicating things as much like in other languages. So it would be hard to pick, but I would say in a nutshell, this, that's what attracts me to each of the languages that I speak. And right now I'm learning Arabic, which I believe it's one of the most beautiful languages in the world. It's just, it sounds incredible. And it's just, it communicates emotions in a way that I feel very attractive. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also you mentioned you used to actually have your own show. So my question is, were you always like really outgoing and an extrovert and bubbly? Or is it that you were shy at one point and you had to break out of your shell? So I was bullied in school for most of my years, young years. I was uh, being called all kinds. I was one of those students, a prodigy child. And I think when you're a prodigy child, it's, it's not easy to interact with others or be accepted. So I would say because I was suffering so much in school for the way I was being treated, I started to sing and perform and I started to sing Billie Jean. And the moment when I started to perform on stage, dance and sing Billie Jean, it just opened a new world for me. I felt that I was home on stage with all these people in the audience. To these days, I'm totally comfortable to speak and sing in front of thousands of people. When I'm one-on-one, -on -one, I have the tendency sometimes to be more shy. But this comes because of how things happen in my childhood. So I would say I'm a combination of being an introvert and extrovert, depending on the situation. I love that. I love that. I think I'm the same way. I think in particular situations, I can be more reserved and quiet. Like I'm not the kind of person, if you see me in an elevator, I probably won't talk to you. And, you know, my mom was like always a friendly one. She would strike up a conversation with anyone anywhere. But it's kind of like if I don't feel like talking to you, I won't. But then if I am around people I know, I can be very outgoing or if I'm in the mood to talk to people, I can. But it has to be the right timing, the right place or the right mood for me. I was so like happy to see like my mom could just talk to anyone at any place and strike up a conversation. And I was like, like I was trying to learn some of that from her because I admired that. I admired the ability to strike up a conversation with anyone and to just make friends everywhere that she went. She was loved by all. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So tell us now about you so we've talked about the history of, of your career and what you've done. And I know you've actually worked for some pretty, pretty high fashion retailers like Dolce Gabbana and a couple of others. I would love it if you could take us back to like, how did that influence you becoming who you are today? Because I feel like it did play a huge part in who you've become today. It's also played a huge part in branding and building that personal brand. So I'd love to hear more about that. And sure. So I started initially with Versace. So for five years, I worked with Versace. I would say what Mr. Gianni Versace brought to the world of fashion. He was, I would say, one of the very first designers to implement a mindset within his designs. He said when a woman walks into a room wearing a Versace dress, I want her to feel like she owns the room. 
So he started, he, he created a fashion brand that empowered individuals to feel incredible, to feel mesmerizing, to feel impactful. And that's why Versace was such a turning point in my life, because I did understand that fashion is not just about how beautiful the product is, it's how it makes you feel. The empowerment element that comes along with you wearing a certain dress that you feel that it's very beautiful, it makes you feel and look beautiful. So that's that was, I would say, with, with Versace, what really impacted me. Also, I am grateful to these days to my team of managers at Versace and directors for emphasizing so much product knowledge. That was the moment when I realized that when you sell luxury, you should know as much as you can about luxury. So to these days, I feel like that inspired so much the way I think about branding. To me, Dimple, when I look at branding holistically, branding is exquisite product knowledge. It's exquisite designs. It's amazing consumer engagement. And even more so, it's a belief system is an energy that it it kind of interacts with in the world in the, the emotion that it communicates with audiences. That's why when Mr. Versace passed away, Versace kept on going because he created such a solid brand. It was not just about the clothes. It was about a mindset, a belief system, an energizing element, an emotional connecting catalyst that has been created between audiences, consumers, and the brand itself. And then later on with Dolce & Gabbana, it was just basically La Dolce Vita because everybody knows that Mr. Dolce and Mr. Gabbana, they just created a world, an Italian world that is not just about the clothes, it's a lifestyle. So I would say these two brands impacted profoundly who I am, impacted how I do branding. And I would also love to credit one of the greatest designers in the world, Miss Norma Kamali. She's a genius. I think she's, she was always very reserved. I worked with her prior to Versace. She doesn't like the spotlight too much, but she was basically the queen of, she is the queen of bathing suits. She reinvented the way fashion has been designed. I would credit Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, and Miss Norma Kamali for truly helping me to think differently, to think creatively and understand that the world can be exquisite. And how enticing is that? I love that. I love that, Virgilia, because when you mentioned the part about walking into a room like you own the room, I remember that feeling because those were the days I remember when I was living in Chicago and I was in my 20s and I would, you know, always get dressed up and dolled up and put on my heels. And then all of a sudden I would have this like confidence come over me where I would walk into places like I own the place, I own the establishment. I remember a particular story one day when I was in sales and our team had won a trip to go to Miami, right? So we went to Miami and we were going to go to this nightclub in Miami. And the line was literally, it was like a mile long. And I said to myself, I don't like waiting in lines. I'm not going to wait in line. I'm just going to walk in like I own the place and I'm going to get in. So I told like the two or three people that were with me from my team, I said, come on, let's go. And they're like, what is she doing? Because like they see this big line. They know we're not on any list or anything. We don't know anyone. Like, I kid you not, I walked up to this red carpet and I even had planned out what I was going to say and everything, right? But guess what happened? The bouncer removed the rope, did not say a word, and he just let us walk in. And my friends, our colleagues, I should say, their their mouth, their jaw just dropped. And they're like, Dimple, how did you do that? And I said to them, I just walked in like I own the place. And it was that unspoken confidence that you had when you put on a dress. I even remember what I was wearing that day. So I'm going to tell you, I was wearing this B BCBG Max Ezria dress 
that was like yellow and it was strapless. And it was this like light yellow and it had these ruffles and it just had frills and it was just a beautiful dress. I remember I was wearing jewelry. I was wearing heels and it was like, but, it, but more so I was wearing that dress in a way that fashion, like it's supposed to make you feel a certain way. That dress made me feel confident. It made me feel like I could, I own the world and I could go in and I own this place. And that's exactly what happened. So I love what you said about these brands and how, what they stand for, because they don't stand just for fashion. They stand for a feeling. They stand for a lifestyle. They stand for how they make someone feel. And that's the difference between someone spending $3,000 on a dress versus say 300, because it's a whole different feeling and emotion that you get. So I love that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, I know you had some really great experiences there, and I think it's really shaped you to who you are today. So when you first initially started your own branding consultancy, what was your thought process? What was your why behind doing that? Why did you want to start? I wanted to build a brand on my own because I felt that no matter what brand I was working for, I was always my own personal brand. I was always very independent in this sense. I represented greatly the brands I work with, but I made it my own. So I was always always aware that there is something special when I walk into a room, when I talk, and I felt that if I could start something on my own, I I could impact people's lives and I could help brands differently than operating under the umbrella of a corporation. So I, I would say it was desire to create something that allow me to be myself 100% and not having to justify my um, options or my choices. Or if I felt that a decision had to be made, I, I was empowered to do that, whether it was good or not. But I was able to, to make decisions independently of having a team above me agreeing or disagreeing. And of course, Dimple is the first, the first company I started, of course, failed. It was called VVS Styles. And I'm not proud, but I'm not how can I put it? I'm not ashamed to say it. I had a vision that I was not able to implement it. I thought I'm going to create something amazing with styling, with fashion, and it just didn't work this way. And the moment when I started to travel to Silicon Valley, it changed my life. And that was kind of the aha moment for me when I realized I could do this. I could bring technology, fashion together and create a consulting firm that it's kind of creating a bridge between different entities. That's how everything started, basically from an initial failure. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that's what entrepreneurship is. I think anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, one, you have to be brave. You have to be thick-skinned. You can't just expect that the first time you try something, everything's going to go great. Some of the, you know, best, most successful entrepreneurs and the brands that we see today, you know, they tried once, they failed. They tried a second time, they failed. They tried a third time, they failed, and then maybe they tried the fourth time and bam, they hit the jackpot and it turned out to be a big success, but it didn't happen overnight. And they went through the process of of failing and through the failures, I believe that people learn. That's where you learn and you grow as a person. And if you don't, you know, I always say fail freely because if you fail freely, then it allows you to grow, allows you to grow as a person. And I think that's a great testament to that. Okay, you did it. It didn't work. But so what? You didn't give up, right? Here you are today. And now you have a successful branding company and you work with some of the top brands from from all over the world. So tell us more about that. So I would say what I do currently with my brand, what I changed, Dimple, during pandemic, I realized that personal branding is becoming more and more impactful than ever. For the last few years, 
we saw that the cult of personality is becoming so powerful. We saw someone like Kim Kardashian becoming a personal brand that suddenly takes over the world just because she invested. It was a very skillful execution with PR, marketing, and so on to create that image, the desire to want to work with her. And this is just an example. It could be her. There are so many. She just comes to mind because she's invested in so many different ventures right now, right? So I would say for the last few years, personal branding became more and more impactful. Now, post-pandemic, more than ever, it, it became, I would say, paramount to have a personal brand because everyone started to communicate via digital world. We no longer were out there into the world handing business cards. People could not see us directly. So our digital presence that I like to call the social media, that our digital business card became a representation of who we are and the connecting bridge, the connecting element between us, audiences and potential, I don't know, partners. So I would say post-pandemic, it's more paramount than ever to have a personal brand. So that's why when I created Vivi Global Partners, my vision was to integrate personal branding and empower entrepreneurs to bring along with their organizational brand, a personal brand. And the reason I title it Vivi Global Partners, because I aim for this company to be a global partnership. I want to create strategic partnerships all over the world. I already started to work very intensely on it. I believe the beauty of success is that you bring others into the equation and to balance that not everybody knows it all. And when you have partnerships, obviously each of the partners is bringing into the equation their strengths, their creativity, and so on. So VD Global Partners is, I would say, a letter of love that I have to the world and to all the amazing experts out there who want to team up and to create something meaningful together. I love that because together, I think we're way more powerful than alone. And here you are, you're creating all of these great collaborations and bringing people together and bringing brands together. And and I absolutely love that. I think that's really, really powerful. I agree with you. Personal brand is really important. And I think maybe not as important five years ago, but now, especially after the Mm -hmm. pandemic, I think a lot of people have realized that having a personal brand is so important. And I always say it's it's so important to the point where it's like literally having an insurance policy and you have to have a personal brand. It's kind of like insurance, like you would not drive your car without car insurance. Mm-hmm. So you really think of it as an insurance policy, because when you have a personal brand and you've done a good job to put yourself out there to make sure that you're on Instagram, you're utilizing Instagram. Graham Reels, maybe you're, you know, appearing on other people's podcasts like you are today, you're making YouTube videos, you're getting out there in the community and collaborating and meeting other business owners and such. I think it's so important because when you have that personal brand, one, opportunities will come to you. You don't have to go seek out those opportunities. And the second thing is if something does not work out, it's, it's like you have a plan B because you're already putting it out there in the, in the universe. People already will start to recognize who you are, what you do, how you can help other people. And if you don't promote yourself, right, Virgilia, like who's going to do it for you? You have to promote yourself first before other people will come to you and say, oh, it's because of them seeing you, they're going to come to you and present their opportunities. The opportunities don't randomly land in our lap just because we put one post out there on social media. Definitely. And I would love to talk about a couple of my favorite personal brands who truly, I believe that they impact and change the world. Michael Jordan, for instance, it's one of my greatest loves. The way I look at Michael Jordan, he doesn't just define basketball world. When you think about Michael Jordan, you think a level of excellence, right? A level of just giving it all 
right? Without restrictions, without holding back. I mean, look at his restaurant. For Christmas, I went to his restaurant. It's impeccable. Everything he has his name on it is just detailed. It's perfect. I mean, I just love when I enter a Michael Jordan restaurant with all these incredible quotes and you just feel like you are entering a sacred space in a way. You just feel his excellence in the air. And that's why Michael Jordan brand will continue for generations to come. It's not just about basketball. That's what happens when you build an incredible personal brand. It's not only about your profession. It translates to so many avenues, right? Elon Musk, same way. Elon Musk is Tesla, Elon Musk is PayPal, Elon Musk is SpaceX. Everybody respects Elon Musk, whether you like him or not, but you respect what he created as a personal brand. If tomorrow he decides he wants to design t-shirts, people are going to buy it because it's Elon, right? He created such an impact with his name. Same thing with Tom Ford, whether Tom Ford designed for Gucci, for Yves Saint Laurent, now for his eponymous uh, line, Tom Ford, and his movies are incredible. I mean, who would think that as a director, he's just as incredible? That's a testimonial of the exquisite brand that Tom Ford is. Everything he does is done to perfection with architectural perfection because he's actually an architect by training, not a designer. So those people, when you look at why they are impactful and successful, they created a name for themselves that extends beyond their area of expertise or the industry they operate in. They become idolized by people for many different avenues than just the expertise itself. That's why I love personal branding so much. Yeah, I love that. And what you said about Michael Jordan, and he's from Chicago, so I do know him. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, when you talk about that experience of the restaurant and the way that it's designed, the impeccable artwork, the quotes, all of those things, that is that wow factor that we're talking about. Because when you walked into his restaurant, you felt it, you were taking it in, taking it in. And that's what it's about. For example, you walk into a certain hotel in Chicago, like there's a hotel called the Peninsula, or you walk into the Beverly Wilshire and and Beverly Hills or whatever. And you walk into places like that. There's that certain vibe. There's that feeling that you get when you walk in. It even smells different. The air, like they have that diffuser that they spray. You recognize it as like this feeling that you get of like happiness or feeling of excitement or are being whisked away to a foreign land. Part of it is making people being able to go through an experience, right? The way it makes you feel. It's a feeling. It's like how you feel when you think of a brand. And that's what's so important. When you're creating a brand for someone, one of the most important things like a client has to realize is, well, how do they want their ideal customer to feel? For example, when they go to their website, how do they want them to feel when they see like the brand logo and and all of those things, you know what I mean? And I think those things are are so, so critical. And that's the power of that. So let's back up a little bit because I think a lot of people always confuse branding with marketing. and, And I think they think they're almost the same thing or they think like a logo is what makes up a brand. And we both know it's not just a logo that makes up a brand. What are some of the important components of a personal brand. What is it really that makes up a brand? When you're sitting down with a client and and they come to you and they say, Virgilia, I need your help with creating a wow brand for blank, blank type of business. What do you go through with them in terms of the process? I do have a a three-step brand accelerator method that I created because I realized that if you create a method, people can execute it. If you just give random thoughts or consulting, it's not going to work. So this three-step method capitalizes first on identifying precisely who you are, what you stand for, and the value that you are offering to your consumers. 
there's a lot of misconception when you ask people who they are. They they start to get confused. They they think, who am I? But when we think in the spectrum of creating a personal brand, you are two things. You are personally who you are as a human being, your passion, your drives, your core values, and also who you are in terms of expertise. Now, here, I see a lot of confusion. People think, oh, I love doing a lot of people, even on Clubhouse, you see that they want to be everything, right? Our expertise and our hobbies are two different things. Just because we love to sing and we are excellent at, at doing it. But if you don't have an album out there, you're not necessarily a singer. So uh, I would love for brands and for personal brands to take more responsibility and to stop defining themselves as having expertise in so many different areas. It's dangerous for the people who hire them. And it's also not a good reflection of who they are because you can't just be everything. Michael Jordan is known as a basketball player and a restaurant business owner and a sneakers, but he's not going to claim he's a dancer, even though he was in a Michael Jackson Right. So it's very important to stay in your lane, respect your audience, respect yourself and identify precisely who you are personally and professionally. Second element, credibility factor. Everything that your resume says, that your website says has to be covered by credibility. Right. Do you have awards for it? How many clients do you work? Did you work with? Is this on your website? So when I go to someone's website or social media platforms, I should be able to identify in the first few seconds if the expertise they claim has credibility. So those are elements that that I would love to accentuate. It's very important. Credibility factor and, and defining, I would say, the dif- distinction between expertise and things that we think we are good at. The other element that it is, so we are what we stand for. What we stand for in terms of are we purpose-driven? Is our brand inclined to contribute to changing the world? It could be on a macro scale or micro scale. It doesn't matter. But what is the purpose? What we stand for in terms of the core values of our brand? What is the belief system that drives our brand to make an impact with audiences and in the highly competitive market? And third element, the value that we bring to our consumers, right? This is a very important part of the brand because we are as valuable as our audiences and consumers perceive us to be, right? If nobody approves of what we have to offer or or our services or the product we have, that means we need to make changes. So I would say these are the fundamentals when you start working on your personal brand. Of course, then the next step we work on is identifying the content creation. Everything that we create for social media platforms or websites have to be a, um, a detailed element of what the bio says about us, right? So content creation is fundamental in taking the brand to the market, the go-to-market strategy, right? And then, of course, other elements come into the place, like, as you say, logo design, website. This, this is just the icing on the cake. But fundamentally, what is the core belief, the core values and the belief system that drives the brand? What is the purpose? What is the why of your brand? Why do you have this product or this service? And how are you going to communicate that with your audiences via social media platforms? So those are steps. Branding is something you constantly fine tune, but the DNA of the brand should never change. Who you are at the core, that should never change because that will confuse consumers. Whether it's about a personal brand or an organizational brand, stay true to your core values, to your DNA, and consistently reinvent the vehicle that you communicate with your audiences with, or maybe the product, but stay very, very particular about who you define yourself and identify yourself to be in the first place that creates loyalty and trust. 
Yeah, absolutely, Virginia. And I think those are things like have to be identified early on with clarity. And I think that if, if you're not able to come to that clarity yourself, like you should go to a branding specialist and you should consult with them because branding is very different than marketing. Because I think building that brand, there's so many things that go into it. There could be like a 10 page document. I remember one time I hired someone and I did a VIP day with him and he's a brand strategist. And there's like a eight to 10 page document about the brand because it's like what emotions right do you want people to feel what do you stand for what do you believe in what is that one word that when people see your brand you want them to think what is that photo session going to look like because for your brand one of the things that I think a lot of business owners miss is they have photos that are from five years old ten years old and they don't realize Mm -hmm. like your photos for your website if you are the brand yourself right especially if you're like a personal brand I'm not talking about like a product brand I'm talking about like a personal brand, you need to be posting new photos, get a photo shoot done twice a year, because that's like part of your brand. It's like the energy that people feel when they see your photos or the emotion that you want them to feel. Like if you want them to feel powerful, you want them to feel empowered, or you want them to feel happy, you can communicate that not just through the words and the content on the website, but through the images on the website, through the pictures, whether they're pictures of yourself that are professionally taken in a photo shoot, or whether even if some of those are stock images that represent the brand. And and I always tell people, like, don't just pick the same boring stock images that all of your competition is, is using. What kind of a picture represents the concept, right? That's unique. If someone's like, we're like a modern law firm, right? So, okay, what can we use that would be something modern, right? So you come up with an image that's more unique and modern that not everyone is using on their website because then it stands out. It's very, it's very important. And I see a lot of Instagram accounts, you can tell that they are using pictures that everybody is. I would rather I tell my clients all the time, forget about perfection. If you worry too much about how the feed looks like, then you're going to be limited in your creativity. On my Instagram, even though um, I work in branding, I want people to see who I am. And like uh, I initially created a VV Global Partners account specially. And I said, you know what? I just want to manage one right now because right now it's about creating impact And I want people to see who I am. If I'm on my jet ski, I'm just, how can I put it? I'm a bit of an eccentric. And that's what you get working with me with my branding too, right? I I feel like that should be out there. So people should know if they want a conservative brand strategy, not for them, right? So it's important to get out there that the way I dress, the way I talk, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. But my goal, Dimple, is every brand I work with, whether it's a startup or a big brand, I want to help them become the Michael Jordan of their field the Versace of their field, right? I want them to just have that wow factor. If you are a a law firm, if you are a finance firm, I don't care. You can still be out there and people might stop and think, wow, we never thought of a law firm being that flamboyant and fabulous. I want to work with that law firm, right? So I think there are no limitations to creativity and we have to dare to think out of the box and stop thinking about the status quo. The status quo is always stopping people, kind of like belief system, societal beliefs, societal standards put so much pressure on us, but we don't have to confirm to those. And one of my favorite marketing campaigns of all time, since we talk about marketing, right, which are trends that constantly change on a global scale, it's Think Different by Apple that was launched in 2013. The campaign starts with Albert Einstein, and I think it's, uh, it's, it, it used to be initially... Steve Jobs' voice, but he chose to uh, to have Richard Dreyfus actually articulate the words. And it says, like, says something like, 
the world belongs to the ones who have the courage to change the status quo, the dreamers, the people who think out of the box, they are provocative, right? People who want to change the world. And that was a campaign about Apple product, but it did not start about Apple. It doesn't even mention the Apple product in it. It's just about a belief system. And to these days, I feel like Steve Jobs remains one of the greatest marketing geniuses of our times because he sold people a product, but he actually sold more an emotion. Indirectly, you wanted everything he created because he created the Dolce & Gabbana of technology. He gave us the phones that look so fabulous and the laptops. I mean, that's high-end fashion in the tech world. That's what he created. He sold dreams. He sold a legacy. And even more so, he, I would say, romanced technology. And that's why, to me, he's one of the greatest marketing geniuses of our times and beyond. So that's how I see him. Yeah, Virgilia, he really is. And that's the thing. I think that like in sales, like, right, people buy they buy based on emotions, right? They buy based on the way mm -hmm. that something is going to make them feel. It's a feeling. You have to get them to feel something and they're going to buy based on that. That is like the golden rule of sales is like people buy based on emotions and also people work with people that they can relate to, that they like, that they either know, like, and trust or either that they have some type of relatability factor or something in common. Mm -hmm. So somebody may choose to work with Virgilia because she is a little bit out there and she is very fashionable and she is very like wow factor in your face wow and you're going to attract the right people that way you're going to attract the people that are meant to work with you and you're going to repel the ones that are not meant to work with you because everyone is not for everyone and I think that's what people have to realize that is okay I think the problem is like people are trying to fake and pretend to be different people because they want to please everybody and in the end, they end up pleasing nobody because they're trying to be one way with one group of people. Then they're trying to put on a fake act for another group of people. You know what I mean? But then at the end of the day, they're being inauthentic to themselves and to other people. And people can see through that. And eventually it's like they don't want to work with someone who's inauthentic. Whatever you are, if you're a badass, you're out there, you want to wear like a ball gown walking down, you know, Fifth Avenue, do it. That's someone's brand but they're doing it willingly, wholeheartedly. They're into it and they don't care anything about what anyone else thinks. That's the power in that. And that's why, right, we, we had, you were in my room dressed for success. And the reason that room has been successfully, we ran it for three weeks in a row every Thursday is because people realize it's not just dressing for success in, its, in itself. It's just about the feeling that you bring along. When you dress a certain way, people respond to you differently. So it's not a, a vanity metric here right? Sometimes it might be, I want to look pretty. We all want to look good. But ultimately, the impact that we make on others is different if I would show up in a t-shirt at your podcast, or I show up actually in a red shirt that I actually love. It's my style very much, because this creates a, a connecting element with you as well. You are very fashionable, right? Right there, we were able to identify there's an emotional connection between us right? I love that you love makeup, that you love beautiful clothes. We both have the lips, right? You have them on your armchair. Those are elements. And that's why personal branding is so important. It was love at first sight with you when I connected on Clubhouse because of your profile picture. That was the, the first thing I saw when you entered our room. I didn't hear you speak yet, but that was the moment when I say, wow, I just love her profile photo. When you started to speak, that's the icing on the cake. But sometimes you have a few seconds to make an impact. And that could be just as simple as your beautiful attire. Mm -hmm. 
So it can never be underestimated. Yeah, I love that you say that. It's funny because when I first saw you on Clubhouse and I saw your profile photo, I was like, who is this badass woman? I need to meet her. And I went to your Instagram and I was like checking out all your photos. I'm like, oh my God, she is fabulous. She's absolutely fabulous because like that outfit. And then when you wear something like that, to me, I'm like, that's one powerful woman. Like to me, that's the feeling and the emotion that like how I received it because I'm like, wow, she is powerful. And like, just look at her because here's the other thing. A lot of people don't put a lot of care into that anymore. They, the days of people dressing up, I think are gone. I kind of miss like the good old days and people did used to get all dressed Mm -hmm. up to go to places. And now like you see some people walk into like a five-star restaurant and they're trying to walk in wearing shorts. What is that all about? Right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's so important. And then when you have a, you have to be the brand, you have to live the brand. You have to exude the characteristics of the brand. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then you didn't build the right brand right exactly yeah that's why it's important right to dress the way you feel of, of, of course uh, being respectful because if you go to certain i don't know business meetings or so i would probably not wear this but still i would wear something that defines my style and it's it's interesting Paul, because we live in a society that on one hand is encouraging us to be who we are but on the other hand when we are we truly are at the core we are sort of being i don't know criticized for it so many times Right. So we have to kind of just learn to identify what's important for us and our brand. And and just sometimes you also have to listen. Right. Your brand is a consistent fine tuning of who you are. If all everyone around you tells you, look, if you'd make that change, it will have even a greater impact in the world. You listen a bit. Right. It's okay to listen to people's opinions as well. If you respect those people, if you respect your consumers, consumers usually tell you, about your product, your service, if it's good or not. So we always have to be mindful of that as well without losing our authenticity and who we are at the core. It's kind of teamwork <laughs> with the society, with the belief system that's out there, with the status quo and who we are at the core. It's always work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Virginia. It is definitely teamwork. I agree with you on that. So I'm wondering, if someone has a brand, what are two or three things that they can look at to evaluate if their brand is where it needs to be? What is something before they even come to someone like you? What is it that they can start evaluating on their own? Are there a couple of tips you can provide for step one, do this, step two, step three, step Mm -hmm. four? Because even before they come to you or anyone, I think they should be able to evaluate like their brand and maybe start thinking about some things that they should start writing down. Like what are your suggested ideas for that? So I would say, because so many people pitch on Clubhouse as well, the thing that stands out the most, and sometimes it's even with successful brands pitching, right, maybe for extra investors or so, they're not able to articulate who they are and their value proposition in 60 seconds. It takes them 10 minutes. And that tells me that they don't have clarity. So the first thing I would love for someone, um, if they don't have clarity, I can help you with them with that as well, right? But I would love for them to think, if I only have 60 seconds to explain to someone, exercise with yourself, practice, right? If I have 60 seconds to explain what, who I am as a brand and what the value proposition is, can I do it? If I stumble and you kind of keep seeing people, they stop and they try to figure out, that means that you don't have a clear vision of who you are and what the brand, your brand should be. I always tell people, I have actually three, I have this method, right? I say who you are, write everything that you think you are. A successful entrepreneur, a mother, an art lover, write who you are on this part, right? Then write your expertise and your credibility on on the other. Write as many things about your expertise as you can. And then write as many 
values you think you provide to your consumer out of all of this select three top three if you think let's say my vision my purpose-driven vision is elon musk to offer free internet to the whole world that's one core element of who you are as a brand right helping others and create a world where people benefit from the greatest opportunities out there right i would say the, the confusion is people want to be too many things pick top three core elements who you are Top three core elements for what you stand for as a business, a personal, the business. And third, pick top three core elements and values that you offer to your consumers. And now you suddenly out of all this, you have just nine core elements. These nine core elements, you can bring them into a few sentences and create your value proposition, right? This is who I am. My mission with my brand is such and such. And the reason consumers should buy my product or so is because my why, right? And right there in 60 seconds, you package yourself, you package the vision of your brand and you identify who you are. Now, of course, there is a lot of work to not only implement, but develop that into a larger right way of communicating your brand core elements with your audiences. But the, fundament, the funda- foundation has to be established. And I would say most of the times I see that the foundation is not established and people are hoping that somehow some marketing strategies will come to rescue. If you don't have a brand, very well established. Don't go to marketing strategies yet. Capitalize on creating a successful value proposition for your brand. And the next step would be go to market, the marketing and PR. Because a confused consumer will never buy, no matter how sophisticated the marketing and the PR techniques are, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what I see what happens, Virgilia, is a lot of people skip that whole step, like you just said. They go straight Mm -hmm. to like branding and investing in paid ads and things like that. And and they never took the time to actually develop their brand and to get clarity on their own brand, their own brand voice, what the brand stands for, what did they stand for, what do they do? It, it just like none of that happens. They wonder why I'm investing all of these dollars and why is it not working? Because your messaging is not clear. Your why is not clear. And people are going to buy from you based on your why, based on the story. If you have a touching story to tell and you can relate that story back to people. That's what works, you know? I think it's really important. Exactly. Yeah. Because people, they, they also want to understand the emotion behind it and your why. Right. Right? It doesn't matter how much they love your product. I believe that people buy into the relationship. I always say the product or the service you are offering is instant gratification. The relationship that you build with your audiences and consumers, that's the long-term value. That's the equity, right? And that's how people become loyal consumers and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right. So what else is next for you? Is there anything exciting you're working on in your branding world that you wanted to share? Yeah, so actually, I'm super excited about the Breakfast with Champions event that is taking place. It starts on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week in New York City. I mean, how exciting that I'm going to be in the same room with Glenn Landy from Breakfast with Champions, with Amelia Antonetti and all this Sarah McCord and all these people that I heard speaking every day on Clubhouse and they were on my IG Live, some of them, and we did so many incredible things, but not in person. So I would say this is definitely the highlight of one of the highlights of my summer, my trip to L.A., but I'm going to connect again with some incredible people from Clubhouse. And one of my favorite is actually in your field, Fred W. Penny, one of the most incredible lawyers. I consider him a mentor, a friend, a business associate. I just, I think the world of Fred. So I am excited to see him. Also met him on Clubhouse. And then my trip to Miami to reconnect with my fashion designer friend. She just returned from Europe after a hiatus because of pandemic. 
So we have a fashion project in the works and then my trip to Europe, which I believe will bring some uh, incredible work opportunities as well. Just staying creative, staying open and meeting new incredible individuals that change my life and impact the way I think. That's what I believe will determine how successful we become. It's the people you always associate yourself with like yourself. We talk a lot, you and I, on DM, on text. We are in the same rooms together. People like yourself give me the inspiration that I need to push forward. And I, I learn, right? We all come from different fields. I learn things from you that I could not possibly know myself. Yeah, it's a journey and I'm excited for the journey. I'm so excited for you. I mean, and and Frederick Penny, I love him. He's actually going to be one of the guests on my podcast as well. We're just in the process of um, finalizing a date, but he is absolutely an amazing human being. And I'm so honored too that I met you through Clubhouse because if it wasn't for Clubhouse, I don't think we would not have, but like the majority of the people that, that we have the opportunity to meet. You going to New York and getting to meet Glenn Lundy and getting to meet all of these amazing people people from Clubhouse. That's going to be such a great time. I'm so happy for you. I wish I could be there at this time, but I can't. But I know there will be more opportunities and times for that. But I just I love that. I love what you're building. I love what you're creating. You're always consistently giving back to other people, which I think is another important part of building a brand is community building. And that builds community that builds friendships and relationships, business is all about building those relationships like you you mentioned earlier and and I'm mentioning now. I think that's so important. So I think the future is is really, really exciting for you. I can't wait to collaborate with you some more and have you, you know, back on the podcast. And is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't go over today that you know you want the audience to know about? Yes, the art of building relationships. I believe that even though there are so many books out there about how to network in style, people still, I get like millions of DMs. You probably do yourself as well on, on LinkedIn. Hey, join my room or hey, can you do me a favor? And I think, wow, I don't even know this person. There's an art in building relationships. You have to give without expectations. You and I, we met a few months ago. I didn't know you have a podcast at the time. It did not even cross my mind I would be a guest. But when you give without expectations, when you truly take interest in other people, like when you come to my room on rooms on Clubhouse, you see how I just highlight my greatest joy is to highlight greatness in everyone. I believe that when you start loving the world and appreciating the amazing people you have in your life and also filtering. You have to be very mindful and self-aware. There are some great people out there and maybe some that should not be in your circle. Be mindful of that. Invest in those relationships, nurture them and just, just give love without expectations. And you will be surprised how professionally and personally your life will change once you understand that it's an art in creating relationships and networking. It's not a business transaction. That's how I, that's what I wanted to share. It is an art. And I think it's an art that's really important. I agree. I mean, I get the same messages and it's like, I don't know you and I don't even respond to those because I don't simply don't have the time for it. People are missing that one important thing, which you just said about building genuine connections. And also you have to give first before you can receive. And I think the majority of the people in the society that we live in, it's all take, take, take. And I think like when you said filter, I have to agree with you. Like we have to filter. We have to do the filtering thing because 
if we don't filter like the people that are not the right fit, they're going to bring us down. And if we don't filter the negative people out of our lives and negative negativity, it's going to bring us down. So we have to surround ourselves with the life that we want with the type of people. They say the five people that you surround yourself closest to you, that's who you become. And I think that's really critical. And I think that you just really, really made a great point with that one. So thank you for that. So this was amazing. And just remember everyone, every second you spend with people that should not be in your life takes away a second from the ones you should be spending time with. So that's why it's important to identify those amazing individuals can truly change your perception and just the way you look at the world. So choose carefully, choose those amazing individuals. Don't miss on those amazing people because your life could be so much more enhanced because of them. Absolutely. And so Virginia, tell us how the audience, how they can get a hold of you. If you have a website, your Instagram handles, all that good stuff, because we'll put it in the show notes. Thank you so much. So Instagram and LinkedIn, it's Virgilia Burjoget, which is my first and last name. Uh, my website is www.vvglobalpartners.com, which is my company. And on Clubhouse, I'm Virgilia.v because they would not accept all the characters. My, my name was too long, <laughs> right? Because if I want to be Virgilia Burjoget on Clubhouse too, I should have the opportunity to. So that's something for Clubhouse. Make a note. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree because I can't have the full name of my, my my other club that I started called Unapologetically Independent, it made me cut it off. So I had to put it in the description, but not in the name. I'm like, why can't I have my full name what I want? That's branding. Exactly. So this is such a pleasure, my dear, having you on my podcast and you are just beautiful inside and out. And I am so happy that I met you and I look forward to getting to know you better and actually seeing you in person, hopefully this year before the year's over, like let's put it on our to-do list and we can give each other a big hug and, and just have a great time on all your travels and your adventures and safe travels across the country. And I will see you on Club. Thank you so much. I'm sending you a big heart from New York City. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode and also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is Marketing Expert. And also join her Mesmerizing Marketing Club, also on Clubhouse, for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing. 